And that was like this boom, aha moment of like, oh my God, myself and billions of other people are, are experts at negative self-talk. How we've created such a like connected looping pattern. And that was like, okay, if I want the opposite, then I need to collect 10,000 hours in self-love. And that was like this boom moment of like commitment. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously? And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. And hey, I might even read your review on a future episode. Here's another five-star review from Gandalf. Patrick brings to all the ability to express that which is within us all, but hidden from many. His wisdom resonates with all of humanity. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is a force to be reckoned with. She is a multi-talented, multi-dimensional facilitator in numerous realms, including Reiki, yoga, tantric arts, and orgasmic breathwork. Currently, she is dedicating her time to Pussy Church, a collective of women sharing devotional pussy practices highlighting the importance of pussy connection and relation to the evolving world. This episode is guaranteed to push your buttons and take you to the outer limits of your comfort zone. So hang on to your underwear and please welcome Natrishka. Natrishka, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, girlfriend? Oh, everything is going on. We are going on, we're moving on, and yeah. <laughs> we are so going on and moving on. So, Natrishka and I um, 
have had the shared experience of living in the same community for a number of years, which has been awesome. Uh, I've been able to witness you in your magnificence, your beauty, your embodiment, your growth, your wisdom, your leadership. And it's just been absolutely amazing to witness. Um, you Thank are you. a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but for people who don't know who you are, let's just start right at the beginning. Who is Natrishka? What lights you up? Okay, well, it's interesting because when you're talking, I'm thinking about, wow, all the different angles that you get to witness me in as a mother, as a surfer, as a person working in energetics, Reiki, uh, as a singer, creative, and as an entrepreneur in, in um, our connection through Conscious Erotica and that project. Mm. But who am I? I teach restorative yoga. I love restorative yoga and I am a surfer, a caporista. Um, I also have been participating in Reiki practice for myself and um, massage therapy for many, many years. And that's going through a shift and a growth that I'm really excited about. Um, and sacred sexuality, sacred sexuality, meaning honoring the, what, <sighs> recreating what sex is for our future, mm. for positive sex culture, sex language. Uh, I am a mother and I am a woman and um, the healing of my past and my experience in sexuality brought me to sharing and also holding space for the next generation and wanting to be uh, you know, the change we wish to see in the world in the space of sex. And mm. so... I would call it, you know, I like to address the full spectrum of my being. You know, I'm very physical with the capoeira. I'm very artistic. I like to take care of my mind, my body, my spirit. And I like to be raw, real, and honor where I've come from, too, which was the school of hard knocks. And I don't shine that away. And I feel like yesterday was the day of Scorpio entering Scorpio. And I'm like, <laughs> just so full of this um venom of like you know wanting to um you know that's where i sit right now is how i'm i'm so in my astrology who am i uh, astrologically natrishka is a sagittarius sun and a scorpio moon so here we are entering scorpio but then sagittarius is on the other side so it's it's a potent time for me and i'm sitting on my edge and a lot of the mm. things that I have done in the erotic realm is guiding people to experience their erotic edge. So mm. that is where I'm sitting on my edge. <laughs> so, so powerful. Yes. Amazing. There's so many layers and you are so multifaceted and multi-talented. Um, and yeah, like one of the things I've learned from you is to be okay and have the courage to explore edges, to move towards the edge of your comfort zone and to be okay with going past it and seeing what happens. And that's been a huge growth factor for me. Um, and I had the pleasure of, uh, like you mentioned earlier, recording and helping you to produce your um, audiobook called Jungle Edition. Uh, which is you describe as conscious erotica um, and it's sharing your work around uh, sexual taboo, desire, and fantasy. 
Yeah. And so that was such an a, such an, a rewarding project for me just to witness you in that space. You're so uh, willing to be raw and vulnerable and authentic, wow. and that was just so inspiring. Can you tell me how was that project? What what is that project, and how was the experience of of putting it to tape for you? I have to say it was a highlight of my life, uh, like in my like career space because um, mm. it came from just. Um, you know, when you zoom out, you see how it's always been there and how's that, how that connective thread has always been. Um, so what has the journey of that been for me? Um, well, we created, okay, so here it goes. So I'm 38, I'm turning 39, November 26. And I remember I would draw um, erotica. I would draw erotic art and I would be into Lowrider magazine. And I forget this artist, but oh, it was the heavy metal magazine. And it was just like, oh, and like mm. anime. And I had like anime porn. And like, it was always like this artistic erotica. And Helmut Newton um, is a, a German photographer. And I've always loved this edge. And so that was a continuation of, uh, uh, of literature, art, and um, real life exploring in the sexual realm that has been a connective thread. And then I started writing um, erotica and then I put it out and shared it with people. Then it just kept on building. And I was like, you know, pornography has done harm to sexual education and how we've grown up. And a lot of my um, healing um, came with the message of, the need, my desire for sexual education, like the need to speak and, and, and you know, um, discuss what was going on in adolescence and, and you know, being, it's my body, you know, it, mm. it's, it's, it's such a deep part of me, like having that, that conversation of depth at that time, I think mm. we are ready. And then from were, there- Were you supported, were you supported in adolescence, like from an educational perspective? No. No, I was not. No. And I don't think uh, any of us were of our no. generation. What's up with that? It's pornography. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like the pornography was the education. So then when I yeah. had those questions, I had no one. I, I had to go. I was so curious. I had to go and explore what, what, what is this all? And that brought me to places and situations that weren't amazing or were amazing. And so when I was writing, I was like, I, I want to weave in education. How can I make this an irresistible uh, transformation that it's like mm. juicy, like sticky, right? Seth Godin says, you know, make it sticky. And it, it, and it just made me feel good. It just made me yes. feel good. And, I, and, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Not a lot of people have read it. I think like 400 or 500 people have listened to it. Maybe 100 people have bought the audiobook. But when I received that $11.25 in Bandcamp, it's like so fulfilling to me or when people are like, oh my God, like the, just that little tidbit makes me feel so good. And um, last year I started to start my research into the next edition Awesome. And it's been just simmering and really it's like my beans on the stove right now. I had to turn it off because I'm doing this right now. I'm like, I had to turn the beans off because <laughs> I don't want to, you know. So my frijoles are just chilling in some hot water. <laughs> 
so that's where I am and it was such an amazing experience and I loved it because it really challenged me and I love thank you for your support on that and then mm. like the the grand finale for me was the launch party and that's mm. where it was like my highlight of my uh, of creativity because it was you know um I felt like the universe just pushed me there and guided me there and it was just like mm. effortlessly flowing and it was I felt like I wasn't even there like I was you know it was like how I felt when I gave birth like just split in half and the divine just opened I was like boom there but it that <laughs> started that was like the dende the flavor that was like no this is your edge you need to play here mm. Mm. why like, is it important to play at your edge and explore your edge uh, so we're not in the box you know, so we mm. can break through from that box. It's just like as I used to be a personal trainer, right? And if we're always in our comfort zone, we're only going to keep our muscle mass at a certain level. And, you know, mm. maybe even our muscles aren't going to react in that way. And it's the agility. It's the ability to have different um, perspectives and to, you know, honor different uh, a diverse thinking and uh, experiences so that edge isn't just oh I'm being risque and risky and bold just for me but it's to honor that someone totally doesn't like that or they want to take it to another complete other opposite edge you know um, I remember um, at that launch party holding that space for people it was like everybody was just like ready like mm. like yes take me there and and it can be um scary and i felt like after that event so many people were like i want more i i, mm. I felt that edge i felt that little soreness in my muscle that was like oh yeah i need to like get that pump on a little bit you know, so I feel totally. like it's, you know, it's, uh, and, and, and people that, especially here in Osara with all this yoga and, and empowerment and expansion, you know, people, um, you know, visit their work life, their body, their nutrition, but then they don't understand, well, what's happening to the, you know, they're shifting other parts in their life and yes, it's going to affect their sex life and their relationship. So if you don't, mm -hmm. you know, address that full circle of your being, on your journey of uh, enlightenment, ex you know, expansion, becoming, getting to know yourself, mm. um, and it's not just hallelujah, hallelujah in the light. It's the other side too, yeah. the dark side. So, totally. So, why do you think there's so much still in this day and age, so much taboo about sexuality, and more specifically, female empowerment around sexuality? Like, what what are the boundaries you run into with your clients or the people you work with that what's holding them back? It's, it comes down to this key of education and uh, systemic oppression, of, mm, you know, patriarchy. Yes. And, and it's so interesting because I am, I'm reading um, this book here, The Chalice and the Blade. Daniel Ooh. Brett actually told me to read this and he sent me a PDF, yeah. but then I, it's hard for me to read on the computer, but I'm so glad I got this. And it's saying, it, it, I, you know, I'm just at the very start of it. 
that it wasn't just oh if it wasn't patriarchy it was matriarchy you know it wasn't mm. just black or white there was a moment of uh, integration and and harmony and it was radical honesty radical honesty mm. was the the uh, sweet spot of both sides being able to um, be in harmony. And so that's one side of like this ancient text of the masculine feminine that I've been exploring. And then the other side is our central nervous system, you know, of how we're reacting in the body and the womb and the sacral uh, chakra and the sacrum, how it's connected to the brain. And I just feel like, okay, if, if, if we were honored as mother of giving life of fullness of creation and we had this power, um, you know, I don't know the, you know, the big bang of how it all shifted, but I feel like it's, it's an oppression of this power, oppression of this mm. ability to create life, to, to, to hold space, you know, like I, I'm definitely a student in this whole entire realm, but it's like, you know, sometimes like for me, it's not black and white. Like I'm still like piecing together all of these little stories. And one thing that this woman talks about, it's like the, the people that were doing the research, the people that were digging and, and, and figure trying to, uh, you know, it's just like the anatomy textbooks. They were all men and they just failed to mm. include the truths of about um, ritual and the feminine and masculine together, even about the mm. clitoral network and the full space of the reproductive system, you know, all sorts of different things were just not included because it was the eye of the masculine that was, mm -hmm. you know, holding that space. But to come back to your question of why I feel like, and then I said, you know, oppression does that, it's shame, it's guilt, it's lack of education, mm. and the honoring of pleasure, because it's just been held as a, 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 a tool of, of, you know, making babies and also ownership, you know, mm. and, you know, I'm going to be super, this is going to be raw and uncut. <laughs> I'm going to come Do take it. it to my edge. So a week ago today, actually, I was with a lover and we were having an amazing time. We were just like, it was so delicious. It was so delicious. And we were just continuing on and on and on. And I was like incredibly wet and juicy and using all my exercises and blah, blah, blah. And in that moment, in his thrusting, he got me right in the booty. He got me right in the booty and I fucking screamed and like cried. And like, it was so intense for me. Like it was like uh, something I've never felt before. And what struck me like in that pain and like feeling of my root, I just was, it just like trauma hit of all the women's stories that I've ever heard all of the things of, you know, males and boys, like just to be, you know, not ready and not, you know, um, the consent, you know, I know it was an accident, but like consensual, mm. like it just brought me back to, um, how other bodies have felt in a non-consensual 
way. Wow, and, that's powerful. Yeah, and I was, yeah, it like hit me like intensely. And um, yeah, so my journey of the sacred sexuality also honors deeply, um, like it comes back to my why of, you know, wanting, how do we support the, the change to mm. release and, you know, to eradicate this kind mm. of, you know, okay. So coming back again to, okay, reproductive pleasure and then pain and trauma, you know, and if shame and guilt and reproductive, um, you know, the, um, abstinence only education, fear-based education has never gave space to how can you feel pleasure in your life? What are mm. the things that um, make you feel safe to open, right? Mm. Because, you know, people do enjoy anal sex and when they have safe space to open, but here I am in a moment that it wasn't and that shock upon the body. And how I said before of the central nervous system, the more that I connect with women and women in trauma, it's no wonder the womb space and the mind and the brain, uh, you know, it's, it's that loop. I have never been able to feel or even visualize or imagine pleasure or what that can look like or explore it within my body because of all of that, the mental blocks and the physical mm. felt sensation. So it's, it's deep. There's so many portals, just like mm. pussy, just like orgasm, just like creativity, just like, you know, all the spaces of the, the brain. It's so expansive, mm. so big. I want to ask you just about that experience. If you, if you wouldn't mind just going a little bit deeper, um, you know, when you're in that space of having this beautiful, conscious, erotic experience, and you are triggered either by something physical that happened or something emotional is stirred up, um, within that sort of container, how, how did you deal with it? Because obviously you probably, you probably got emotional and then how the partner responds and, and you know, how it's resolved is so, so important rather than it being shamed or, or just, uh, you know, uh, glossed over or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's such a great question because I had mm. choices in that moment. Totally. Right. Yeah. A big fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> a big, okay, Angry. let's end it. Let's end it like right now. Yeah. And then like, maybe it's quiet, awkward. Yeah. Um, uh, or ignore my sensation, yeah. continue on. Right. Mm. Um, but my request at that moment was to um, lay on top of me and ground me because the sensations were so intense mm. and I just like squeeze them and like let the energy, the weight just like push me down. Like I had to like squeeze everything mm. and like I let out some tears and I just was breathing through it and I knew it wasn't my experience, you know, like that it wasn't triggering anything for me in that space that I had to like work through but it was like something noted that was like whoa don't forget this like it was it was a whoa don't forget this sensation and like what happened here and then from there we were breathing we had like a moment 
I'm, I'm like trying to like think back. Um, you know, this is not a new partner, but you, uh, fairly new in like getting into deeper um, communication. So mm -hmm. we didn't have like deep discussion upon it, but there was a, a subtle gentleness in that moment, but there was also, there was still fire and desire and um, like we weren't finished yet in our mm. play. And so I, we had like a moment and then we continued on and it was really lovely. And um, it's interesting because the research that I've been doing, I, I can't say exactly what spot in the brain, but just that pleasure, pain, connection that there is a connection mm. and there is again that edge and then mm -hmm. going into um you know that it, it's triggering different it it's triggering actually similar parts of the brain so even the um nipples the clitoris and the vulva when uh you know they are are, are signaling similar parts of the brain so um there's that edge of pleasure pain, just like spanking, mm. right? Uh, yep. That, yeah. So it wasn't that I had to like reframe it in my mind, like, okay, I'm going to turn this pain into pleasure. But within that journey, there was those sensations, sensations of pain, awareness of like, whoa, this made me think of the bigger scope of the world and the physical pain, like how, what it was for me, it was like sealing even deeper um, the pussy brain root connection and how that trauma is placed. And like that, it was just making it even more real, I guess. Uh, mm. You know, you, you know, like so many people, I, I, I guess making me feel more, even though I am empathetic, it just made me feel like literally yeah. how a person a young girl, boy, woman, you know, you know, yeah. uh, uh, just felt like it opened my heart a little bit more Yeah. to that. Do you feel like, because you mentioned you felt like a, a wave of trauma, do you think you were tapping into sort of like a collective pain body and the collective yeah. consciousness? Yeah. I feel wow. that over this last seven months, because being in here in Nosara, it's actually been beautiful for me. And I had moments of feeling guilt, of feeling really good in my body, feeling mm. able to be in space and rest and do restorative yoga and meditate. I had that privilege to be in nature, to be working in my garden. And, you know, with a lot of sex trafficking um, um, news, coming back mm. in because I'm not, you know, uh, I don't have a blind eye to that. I've been definitely in that space in the past mm. before. Um, and even with um, Black Lives Matter, conspiracy theory, all of these things, I feel like I have been extra sensitive and, and, and crying and in, in, in not even like it's me, it's a collective experiential um expression of emotion yeah yeah i've i've i mirror what you're saying about you know witnessing how much suffering there's going on in the world especially in the last seven months and um 
how disconnected people feel, how alone, how uncertain, how angry, how frustrated, you know, um, and then feeling deep gratitude for, for what, you know, I do have in my life and, and the beautiful beauty I have around me and the opportunity and the love. Um, but like you said, being aware of what's going on, but not feeding it. Does that make sense? Like energetically? Um, cause I think, you know, especially us, uh, people like us who are feel deeply are deeply empathetic. We want to bear witness. We want to make a change. We want to make it better. And so, you know, focusing on the problem, you know, and trying to come up with a solution almost is counterintuitive where we're just feeding the negative energy, you know, it's where, okay, well, I can't directly affect what's going on with sex trafficking or politics or COVID or whatever it is, but how can I um, use my power in a positive way that's impactful for the world? This is a question I've been asking myself a lot lately. And the answer keeps coming back is, okay, well, what can I control? I can control me. I can control my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, and how I show up in the world with other people and myself. And so that's what I keep coming back to is like, okay, being embodied in myself, practicing gratitude, you know, being aware, um, personal development, growth, you know, exploring my edges, exploring my shadows. This is how you know, we can contribute positively to the world in a collective way, because the more of us that do this work, the more we can um, impact the collective consciousness in a positive way. And I know that kind, kind of sounds woo woo. But for me, like everything is energy. You know, this is scientific. And so the more what we have to be cognizant of what energy we're contributing to the collective. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Do you resonate with that? So, yes, definitely. And when, mm. you know, when I'm like, oh, I'm at my edge and I put a post on Instagram yesterday about the Scorpio moon, I'm like, I'm at my edge. I want to speak to you about that because it's all about this. You know, what is mm. that edge for me? It's um, that edge for me is that line of separation that I'm feeling of mm. um, poverty, of people without, of uh, of abundance of people with privilege mm. and wealth and um at that time you know uh, when things started to happen with riots and everything i really had a lot of emotion and trigger within me within mm. this community because i am not incredibly wealthy and i'm not incredibly poor i feel like i'm in this um safe space of being held and receiving and i can just i'm really seeing both sides and i'm very intensely triggered by this every day and even just the quality of living in someone's house but who am i this is my edge my fight who am i to say mm -hmm. oh your house needs to look like this or it needs to be like this like i have to stop myself i want to go in your house and feng shui your house and paint your walls and up, <laughs> lift up the spirit of this home so that you have uh uh, uh you know uh, support your um mm. awesomeness and the you know how how people in the spiritual world are like oh your surroundings and your environment and your crystal you know you smudge the area like you know your environment clear house clear mind right and yeah, so totally if we are, are uh, uh having the ability to change and shift those things so i'm born in durban south africa um my mom and father were you know kids living in apartheid 
Uh, and I remember my mom telling me the story that she would go to the ghetto or the shanty town in Johannesburg or wherever. And she remember going to this, you know, the tin, everything you can find, just build your little hut. But this house was immaculate. It was incredibly clean. And even the when my mom came for dinner, the, the, the tablecloth was newspaper with the edges cut out and little designs and even on the shelves, you know, there was this care and awareness, just like mindful sex mm. or a tea ceremony or meditation or whatever. Mm. It has that care. And same here, I feel in Osara, there's different mentalities of, of upkeeping and keeping your house for people with in, uh, money and people without money, you know, how they keep yeah. their front yards and so forth. And I'm finding it, it challenging for me to go forward in how do I now step in the world and create wealth and income for me? And I cannot go back to the way it was like mm. everything within myself is like, no. So I have been a Reiki massage therapist for 12 years. I've been in Nosara for seven years. I've been massaging um, incredibly wealthy people for five years. Uh, you know, uh, strong years, strong, like, pop, 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 pop. and, um, I'm done. I quit mm. September Congratulations. 1st, <laughs> September 1st I, I had a wrist injury for three months and I was like, Oh, when I'm getting better, I'll massage again. But everything in my body was like, no. And at the same time, I know how powerful my medicine is and I, I, mm. I love it. And that's what I was like stuck on like but it's it's so needed oh but it is making change i said to myself i'm done and i can do a handstand now my wrist is feeling good i mm. had to honor i said to myself okay just put it in a parking space for a year doesn't mean that you quit forever you're just you're giving yeah. yourself a break and then it came to me that because i believe in it so much the power of human touch and Reiki divine universal, whatever the essence of nature holding space and bringing that flow state in or helping people in that flow state. I'm like, I want to teach people this. So mm. on your, on one of your um, Facebook posts, you're like, what are you creating right now? And I'm like, I'm creating a Reiki massage, um, Reiki directed massage, um, uh, sequencing so that you can take this training and I want it to be for women to make income you know mm, so I want awesome. to, you know I, I want to be like okay that's I'm, that's where I'm shifting that's where I'm like I'm finding my like edge in in the world is like uh, that, like I can't just ignore it like there's there's something there there's mm. like I don't know how to explain it. Can you speak on yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I think what you're describing is just cultivating the self-awareness and the somatic awareness, listening to your body, um, because that's something I was definitely not taught. I'm still just discovering how to listen to my body. Uh, and then with the combination of mindfulness, um, you know, really paying attention to what's going on. What are the quality of your thoughts and your emotions and or sensations, your body, pain in your body, and listen to why they're there because they're they're messages. Mm -hmm. And typically, we just oh, it's pain, it's it's inconvenient, take an Advil and get on with your day, and you know whatever whatever's going on. 
So honoring is like, okay, I do have pain or I do have this emotion or I do have this recurring thought. Where, what is it? Where does it come from? And how can I listen to the message and learn from it and pivot in my life? And that takes, you know, it takes awareness, it takes mindfulness, but it also takes courage. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I honor you for listening to your body and, and shifting and, um, being a, a, an example that that's possible and it's, it's okay to change and move away from things that have worked for you in the past. Cause yeah. that, again, that's your comfort zone that you can yeah. get stuck in. It's like, if yeah. you don't listen to your body, you, you get stuck in that same place. Um, yeah. So awesome. I want to come back and, and ask you about, um, feminine and masculine energy and the interplay between them. And I am definitely not a scholar of these, but I'm fascinated by it. And I think it's a really important topic that needs to be explored um, for the healing of the entire planet. Uh, And I think there's a difference between uh, feminine, um, divine feminine embodiment and feminism. And I just want to sort of ask you about that. So so I'll just give you my sort of two cents about it. Feminism for me, um, and again, I'm not a scholar, uh, but this is how I understand it. It's sort of, it came, it arose as a response to the oppression of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, women have been suppressed for so long that it's like, fuck it. Or like, we need to rise up and take the power back and all the power to you. I totally agree. But what's happened is it's, we've created women who want to behave like men. Yeah. You know, and I often use Hillary Clinton as an example. It's like, okay, she's an empowered woman but she's behaving like a man. She's, mm. she's feeding the patriarchy yes. rather than embodying the female power in its beautiful, expansive, creative, nurturing energy as the balance to the, the, the masculine. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I view it. And so um, feminism has sort of gotten a, a bad rap because it's, it's, it's um, helping to perpetuate the patriarchy rather than to balance it out, which is what we really need. Does that resonate for you? Yes. How do you feel? Well, it connects with what we were just talking about, about touch and massage. So um, I've been working at an incredibly high end boutique hotel, um, working with a lot of women and there are a lot Mm. of corporate, a lot of um, business entrepreneurial women that are like successful, driven, they want it all kind of women, they have it all. And then Mm. when they lie down on the table, what comes up is the solar plexus, is the masculine, is this, the driving, the willpower. And they're burnt out. They're not feeling, they're not connecting. And they're like, what is this feminine? It's not the external of flowy dresses and, you know, this, Mm. um, that type of external feminine um, expression. And I'm going to pause it there and just have that image of um, the successful CEO on the table in tears with her solar plexus exhausted, her heart's center closed and her pussy dry. That's that one (laughs) image, right? And then here is um, Pussy Church that I've been uh, a part of this collective that of women of all um, images, ages, uh, ethnicities and um, how they see themselves in the world um, by cisgender everything. I'm so like, um, um, it just doesn't roll off my tongue easily. Like I'm still educating myself of all of these mm. new pronouns and the way to express your sexuality and gender. So I'm, we're in our, month, our, our Monday meetings and we're having a discussion. It's all women with all different, you know, um, 
ways in which they want to work in this space. And we have this mystery mass coming up and it was supposed to be on this day and it was supposed to be like this and da 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 But as a union, we're like, no, everything else has been so structured. Can we have some flow in this? Mm. So we spoke to, you know, it's not like she's the leader. She is the leader, but she's, you know, we, we were working together as a collective. She's, she's holding space. She's the conscious leader. And we just went mm. to her and we're like, no, we need more flow. You know, we have um, specific spaces that are locked in and we have structure, but some things need to flow. And then she said, okay, yes. And then she went, mm. ah, thank fucking God. So that is how we are using the feminine instead of like, no, okay, let's charge. We do it, mm. but we have to hold the structure. Da, da, da. We're like, no, okay. And we also chart our, our, our cycle. So on our mm. schedule, we put where we have our period when we're bleeding and we're out. We honor that. And when, mm. when, are we, when are we in with our brainstorming and thoughts or creative uh, artistic posts or whatever? So we are honoring that flow. And that's not being a feminist. That is mm. honoring the feminine. Totally. And that, yeah, so that is the difference for me because I know it can be extreme. It's like a topic that I'm not very well educated about, but I can see the full spectrum of like right. feminists that are also um, using that same masculine power in a way that's not transformative justice. And it's mm -hmm. the way that I have spoken to many lovers over the, many, the last couple of years of changing my way I express, not that I'm condescending and I'm like, let me teach you everything, but it's no, like I would say, wow, your communication is turning me on. Or like mm. the way that you said that made me feel so safe that I am guiding in a way that isn't, um, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, like, you're not I'm preaching, not, you're leading by example. Yeah. And I'm not hurting the masculine. And I feel like sometimes, right. um, when people uh, are judging or, or seeing, Oh, like they have this, they've got the perspective of, Oh, feminists are, you know, braless, hairy armpits, uh, you know, bull dykes, like being mean to the men, yeah. you know, and then it could be like the submissive feminine. Oh, you can just do anything. You know, everything yeah. comes back to the middle path for me, you know, right. in all spectrums of my being, the middle path is the, is the Holy grail. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to go back to, you mentioned working with the, the woman, the CEO on the table, who's got the burnt out solar plexus, the closed heart and the dry pussy. How do you, uh, what, what process do you take her through in order to become more embodied in her feminine? Oh, well, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm visualizing, I'm a very visual person. So I'm like visualizing her on this table and her solar plexus is, you know, shining this light. And it, most of the time it's like, it's it's in overdrive it's like hot right and mm. it's like i need to bring this energy down and so this is where it comes in the masculine of oh he has his head in his pants his you know he's thinking with his other brain majority of women right. need to think in that space not just in the realm of business but also in feeling also in 
having orgasm. So it's reconnecting, mm. resensitizing ourselves to the root sacral chakra if you believe in the energetic systems, or you can just say to your yoni, to your pum pum, to your source, to her. And it's like coming back again to what I said about the central nervous system and the brain and the yoni connection, it's so deep, so real. So it's the vagus nerve that gets, you know, triggered in parasympathetic uh, nervous system rest and digest. And the vagus nerve goes to all of our internal organs and also all the way down into uh, the pelvic floor. So we have all of these nerve endings coming into the space. So it's like, how do I reconnect to her? I use the brain. I use my eyes. I use all my senses. And I also use patterning, like, you know, um, neuroplasticity of the mind. So then I was telling you about of um, my journey of self-love of the book The Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. And I was mm. um, on this journey of what is self-love? How do I love myself? I was going through some drama shit hitting the fan in my life that was like, do I really love myself? Do I love my darkness? Do I love my journey? All of this. And he spoke about the 10,000 hours that, you know, a swimmer, a, a pianist, a pianist, uh, a violinist, they've had more, a surfer, they've had more than 10,000 hours to become that expert. And that was like this boom, aha moment of like, oh my God, myself and billions of other people are, are experts at negative self-talk, how we've created mm. such a like, um, you know, connected um, looping pattern of this dialogue. And that was like, okay, if I want the opposite, then I need to collect 10,000 hours in self-love. And that was like this boom moment of like, commitment of how do I collect those hours and being incredibly aware of that. So it's been, uh, it's forever. It's a lifelong journey, but with that commitment has been uh, amazing for me. And so an an equation came from this moment, self-love equals brain training. And how do we do this brain training? And it's attention, affection, and consistent action. The attention, for me, what is that attention? It's breath. The breath brings me to the present moment. Therefore, the attention is on me, energy in instead of energy out. The affection, affectionate thoughts, words, actions, deeds. Like how am I breathing? How am I being present with myself? Like what am I breathing in? And how am I being present with myself with affectionate kind, uh, you know, words, thoughts, actions, deeds? And then the consistent action that I need to do this consistently to collect this 10,000 hours. And that was like my motto. And so coming back to the uh, lovely woman on the table, the, it, it comes into practice. It's ninja training. It's pussy kung fu. It is honoring her and leading with her and not letting her out of, you know, um, this segues into, okay, Yes, we have the pussy, we have the womb space, we have pleasure, sex, motherhood, but we also have our cycle. We also have our our menstrual cycle and how we honor her, the archetypes within her. It's it's huge. It's huge. And Mm. so coming back to the masculine and feminine, you spoke of like, uh, and I spoke of like the differences of how you can show up and work in business and how the masculine... um, model would be you just go you just drive 
You mm. don't shift in that month of how you change, you work. You're just linear in that space. But here mm. we have uh, the feminine in this flowing space that goes through spring, autumn, win- uh, winter, uh, spring, summer, winter, autumn. And so right now I am sitting in my autumn. My leaves are falling. I am the enchantress. And what tends to happen, like, the way that I exercise, the way that I eat, my sexual energy, uh, my um, attention of like how I want to show up in my work, my creativity shifts, even the way that I speak, I'll lose words or I won't, I don't feel like I'm like on point with my vernacular as much as I am before I'm ovulating, you know? So I have Mm. this space to honor too within that cycle. Wow. It's such amazing uh, self-awareness that you have and honoring, again, the body awareness, the mind awareness. Uh, it's incredible. What you mentioned about uh, the 10,000 hours and how uh, we've conditioned ourselves in, t- in negative self-talk is we're experts in negative self-talk. That is just so true and so pervasive. Everybody, you know, we're trained to, um, to, to speak to ourselves in ways that we would never speak to anybody else. And that's something that needs to change and something that I've been working on, but I'm nowhere near 10,000 hours. I can tell you that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, that's when it was real. That was when it was Mm. like, oh shit, I got to get to work. It wasn't like, oh, Mm -hmm. I love myself. I'm going to the spa. Oh, I'm going to yoga class. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's like, no, what am I doing when I'm walking to the bathroom? And so this has been amazing for me. And I've done this for a couple of years now. I do the five minute journal. I do, um, before I even look at my phone in the morning, I have to write Mm. my five minute journal. And before I go to bed, I write in the morning when I wake up, I, what I'm grateful for, three things that I'm Uh grateful for, three things that I would love. What would I love today? And so now when I wake up, like I've trained myself to, when I get up, what am I grateful for? You know, it's like Tim Ferriss, you know, little five minute journal things. But now that I've Mm. totally, you know, made it such a great habit, I notice in the morning how I gravitate to what am I grateful for or if something is really has a hold on me and how that affects the day and that I have to make that Mm. shift and I have to go to work, you know, and this is the work. This Mm. is the biggest work. Mm. I couldn't agree more. This is probably the central focus of my work, both on myself and with my clients right now is exactly what we're talking about. Setting yourself up for success every morning by consciously choosing what, where to focus your energy. And so like, like you mentioned, so much of us are conditioned. We go to sleep with anxiety about money or jobs or relationships. And then we wake up, we're still in that anxiety. What's the first thing we do? We reach for our phone. We go to read emails or look at the news and we're caught in this negativity, fear, anxiety loop. And we don't even realize it's happening. And so you need to have a a pattern interrupt that consciously breaks it. And so I do the same thing every morning. Uh, gratitude, journaling, meditation, some kind of movement practice all before I pick up my phone. And it is a game changer because then you are creating 
from a place of conscious choice. It's like, okay, what do I really want? How do I want a, my day to go? Wh and where am I creating from? I think is an important question. Not necessarily what you're creating is where you're creating from. Are you creating from that negativity, that fear, that anxiety, that stress, that striving, or is it from that grounded wholeness, positive embodied, you know, uh, focused energy. And those are completely different. And the, the amount of change that can create in your day and then by um, extension, your life is huge. Hey, are you feeling lost, anxious, frustrated by the state of the world? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Maybe you're even distracting yourself from the pain with things like alcohol, social media, Netflix, gambling, shopping. I know I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls just like you in taking back creative control of your life, finding a deeper sense of purpose, and building a solid foundation of certainty even in such uncertain times. This is exactly why I have created the Fuck Yes Club, a six-week online journey that will begin on November 11th, 2020. I am looking for 15 to 20 badasses who are ready to supercharge their powers of manifestation as the conscious creators of their own reality. This program is for people who are tired of living in uncertainty and fear, sick of living up to somebody else's standards, fed up with not fulfilling their highest potential. This is for the people who are ready to tap into their infinite well of creative power and start creating the life they have always wanted. We are in the midst of a massive transition. Great change is upon us, and we're being called to grow and evolve in ways that we may have been avoided. Is it your time? Are you ready? There are only two answers here, people. No and fuck yes. If you are in the fuck yes category, then immediately go to www.thefuckyesclub.com and sign up. Entry closes at 11.11 p.m. on November 11th. There's limited space, so head on over to www.thefuckyesclub.com right now for more information and to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. Amazing. So you are such a powerful and charismatic leader and because of your willingness to be vulnerable, raw, authentic, and explore edges. I'm curious, how has that served you and how has that gotten you into trouble? Okay. Well, I can speak from it in real time, <laughs> like in <laughs> recent time, I guess, um, that just because I have a sense of openness or uh, different perspectives and how I want to show up in my sensual space doesn't mean other people are open or willing um, to, um, not that they have to change their beliefs, but even to listen and to, um, not honor, but just see the differences. So mm. I'll put it into real context. Um, you know, we live in a small town and, you know, eventually you might connect with somebody that someone, you know, has connected with before. And, mm. um, it's, it was, you know, they, I won't give all the details or anything, but I called somebody to, you know, express, hey, I want to connect with this person. And um, that's when the trouble arose because I feel one way and another person feels another way. And it's mm. like, 
we can communicate about it. We can have our different perspectives, but I'm not going to try to change you to feel like, Hey, you have to believe in this, but I do believe in this, Mm. (laughs) you know? And the belief was that, um, it's okay if I'm going to connect with another person, even if, you know, you were with that person before in the past, that there Mm. isn't this bros before hoes, chicks before dicks, high school, um, mentality but there is radical honesty you know that Mm. yes i can honor my girls yes i can honor my dudes yes i can do all of these things in a respectful way and that is what i tried to do and show up the best that i could and that i'm also new to it too you know that Mm. these things aren't like happen every single day and that um I'm like, no, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need to do. And I'm going to do it. I, I, I took myself to that uncomfortable conversation mm. and that, you know, stirred up some trouble. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it all, it was like brought so many, so many points of discussion and inquiry within myself of what it is that I really want and how do I, mm. you know, it brought up a great discussion for me and for and also to not shame myself you know like oh i'm not running with the pack and i'm not like you know with the pack and i'm not like um you know following suit of the paradigm of relationships and this uh this code like the silent boys club or like this Mm. you know like i'm i'm having that conversation and that's where trouble could arise um Mm. but i have to say um in this new phase of these chapters of the life, I've been a, mm. I, I, I said to the person, I said, let me have my drama, like my sex scandal or something. Like I've been, I've been such a good, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, let me have some drama. <laughs> and it wasn't even drama. <laughs> like, yeah. And it wasn't even, so that's, you know, if I'm pulling for some trouble, that could be the trouble. And that's, you know, just about perspective. And here's one more thing. about perspective is um, when I started to research for the second edition of the audiobook, it was um, infidelity, cheating, and um, the joy. What are the the hot erotic stories within the infidelity and the cheating (laughs) and the joy and that spark of aliveness? So what I did Mm. was I interviewed um, people that were the cheaters that um committed adultery and went outside of the relationship and there was was there a sense of joy was there a sense of um like wonder and awe or aliveness and the story Mm. and discussion upon that and so those are like it's not trouble but it's stirring the pot so i'm definitely Mm. since i very started this i was like i stir the pot so Mm even in that little trouble that I had, it was stirring the pot for both of us of like, Mm. Oh, there were shifts that happened within her. There were shifts that happened within me and in the masculine, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that there was shifts within that space. And that's something I would love to talk about is the Mm. masculine. And I know that you have been, here's a question for you. Okay. (laughs) With with all the women, um, you know, that you are witnessing, um, doing the work, going, uh, you know, um, 
looking at women's empowerment, how they want to be conscious leaders, and all that stuff. And there has been a journey of the masculine going into men's circles and finding mm. their feminine and so forth. So here we are in this triangle of three, myself, another woman, and a man. And here we are, and the dialogue is with the, the feminine. And I'm like, you need to talk to the dude too. And I actually, yeah. you know, had to speak and call out that person on, um, you know, how they're showing up and speaking, but there was still, uh, a no, I'm going to fight with the feminine and leave the man out of it. That mm -hmm. doesn't sit well with me. And like, that is like, okay, well, what about the responsibility? Like, what about that discussion and how, mm -hmm. how is the um, shifting of women affecting the relationships of the masculine and how they are showing up in their sexuality and relationships? Mm. Yeah, no, it's such an important question and, uh, you know, coming down to communication and conscious communication. But for me, where the line is between, you know, standing in your truth, speaking your truth, standing in your power um, and trusting that even when the other person is triggered. And because for me, I, you know, had a pattern of people pleasing. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I just, I'm so compassionate and empathetic and loving. I want everybody to be okay. You know, so I, I avoid conflict, but all, often at my own expense, which mm -hmm. is something I've had to work through. And so being able to have that discussion, you standing in your power, speaking to that other woman is, you know, obviously triggered something in her, but it's not your responsibility to, mm -hmm. um, to own her reaction. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to speak from a true authentic place. And I think as long as you're coming from a good, high intention, best intention place, then, you know, you should be unshakable. And that's something I've definitely had to work through, but you're right. I think, um, when it comes to feminine empowerment versus, you know, it, it, we have to strike this balance. And this is where this dance comes into it, where the, the patriarch or the, the, the male energy has been so embodied in oppression and dominance in power. And, and the, the feminine has been so suppressed and, um, uh, you know, ostracized that, you know, this balance that it needs to come back to a balance. And it's not through women acting like men. It's through women feeling empowered and to speak their truth with other women, but also with other men. So I totally agree that the man should be part of that conversation, mm -hmm. even if it's triggering for him or pushing him past his boundary, because mm -hmm. we need to challenge each other to, to rise into our higher selves, mm -hmm. you know, and not fall into these, these drama loops or old patterns or whatever they are that have been um, keeping us down as a species for millennia, you know? We're very, uh, to me, we're very young in our evolution as, as human beings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This, this cognitive awareness that we have, we were like this on an evolutionary scale, this is very new, you know, having the, the prefrontal lobe and, you know, this, this consciousness, like we're fucking it up big time because it's so new and that's okay. You know, it's like we're, we're spiritual children is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, but it's, it's up to us to make that next step into spiritual adolescence, yeah. moving towards spiritual adulthood. And yeah. this is to me what the work is. Yeah. It's like, okay, taking responsibility, owning your shit, uh, working on the negative self-talk, like we talked about earlier, and then conscious communication. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to speak my truth, even if it triggers you, but then I'm also going to listen to you, speak your truth. And hopefully we can seek rather than being in competition with each other, we can seek a higher truth mm -hmm. that neither of us maybe may have been able to see otherwise. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
And that, we're seeing so much of this in the world right now, this polarization of left versus right, man versus woman, black versus white, uh, yes. you know, Democrat. It's it's all polarization. Yeah. It's like a, th this side is entrenched in its position, um, sure of itself that it's right, and so is the other side. And there's no middle ground where in reality, it's like, okay, one side has some truth and some noise. And so does the other side. There's some truth and some noise. And so the, the solution is a higher consciousness. Like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. Mm -hmm. We have to raise to a higher consciousness. So this is true of mm -hmm. relationships. It's true of politics. It's true of business. It's, it's everything. And so this is where I've really been focused. How, how can I show up in that situation at the highest level in order to um, not be triggered down into my bullshit and my, you know, my pain, my fear, whatever it is, and then invite the other person to meet me at that level. And then that's the only place that we can synthesize into higher truth yes. when we're both at a whole place coming from our, our highest power. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that was a bit of a dialogue. Well, um, as I said, like I'm a very visual person. So I, um, when you're speaking, I see, okay, there's like this high and then there's this low, but then we both have to come in the space of this middle path. And for mm. me, this middle path, you know, with the masculine and feminine is radical honesty. So if I have, mm -hmm. if, I, if I'm in the middle and this gentleman here and then the other woman was here, if we go before I wasn't even involved in this situation, if, if radical honesty was the, the, sparkly good juju upon this here there wouldn't mm. have been any conflict from that space mm. and outward because they would both have been radically honest with each other hi mm. i am in this um mental um hold of a way a relationship should be when two people mm. meet and we connect sexually this is the pattern and this is the flow of what it should be be and how I react. Mm. Hi, I am the masculine and I am not listening to the true nature of my being and I am going to play this role of being disconnected when it's not intimate like, oh, this is my girlfriend. Like, how do I treat a woman as a lover when she's not my girlfriend? And how do I treat her when she is my girlfriend? Um, and the fact that when I have a girlfriend, maybe I am not fully there because I'm not honoring the fact that I am a non-monogamous individual. And even the feminine here is not honoring the fact that maybe I'm not even a maybe I'm a serial monogamist holding on to the Disney fantasy. And here I am as well, still part of that Disney fantasy, but I'm not honoring it. So everybody that's coming into my space, I'm hurting them you know, mm. consistently. And here comes in the third party <laughs> that is the radical honesty. <laughs> and that's like, I can see you are so not monogamous, but you are <laughs> not honoring that within you. And then this individual over here had to have that pain and hurt to shake out of the, the being stuck on the, the Disney fantasy that that is yeah. not. And then, whoa, I was, um, I call it, um, distracted. <laughs> I distracted. was, I was distracted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I've I, never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> I was totally distracted because I'm so looped into the assumptions of what is going to happen. 
And that's yeah. when you lose yourself or the, uh, you know, like, you're just held into this loop. And then here's somebody that's like, oh, I know what I want, but I'm going to keep you and I'm push you here and you're only going to come mm. this far. Those two non-truths that are not being spoken are the conflict, are the suffering. And when mm. I think about it, like, okay, I can see it on the microcosm, but then I think about it on all of everything that's happening in the world. What if mm. radical honesty was the answer? Like I think mm. about even the triggers and, and the sensations that I felt with being in here in a, a community that's Costa Rican and then there's a large expat white community, me being a woman of color that doesn't fit on either spectrum of the financial um, you know, um, scale. Mm. Uh, I went a couple of weeks not even being able to speak to people um, that appear to have white skin that friends mm. that I had, I could not even be in space with that. So having that pause to the side, where would that radical honesty be the healing or the middle path being that healing? And then I think about politics, you know, is radical honesty that uh, joining forces of the masculine and feminine, like, I don't know how to word it, Mm. but is that the practice is that the practice on mm. the microcosm that will affect the macrocosm if all of this stuff in in the in the um structure um of government and money and finance uh you know we don't feel like it's transparent there's a lot of mm. uh non-trust and a lack of truth of how uh, is, is a company, you know what I'm talking about, right? Is a yeah, company is supporting, where is this makeup coming from? Oh, this makeup has uh, this, um, uh, what is it called? The sparkle in it. Oh, it's being minded from, uh, mined from child, um, child workers, slaves. And yeah. I forget the mica, the mica. Anyways, yeah. we're, we're, we're shrouded in illusion and uh, delusion and yeah. ill truths. So totally. Anywho, I'm a really big um, advocate on radical honesty, which can be really uh, difficult sometimes. And also yeah. radical self love and pleasure. And um, I, I think you're, I think you're bang on radical honesty at the micro level with, um, trust and self-love those that's how we change the macrocosm you know on a on an individual level if we can embody our truth with the highest intention um then that's how we show up in the world more powerfully and make changes at scale mm -hmm. and that's why the work you're doing is so powerful and that's why i'm so passionate about the work i do is is being an example of that you know and not not in a preachy way but you know that's one of the things i want to ask you about that triangle you're in is how do you um, you know, embody that power, embody that radical authenticity and invite other people into it without them being so triggered that they recoil. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's really what the challenge is. I feel that we're still working through it because like you said, I don't have um, control over one's reactions. Yeah. Um, and I have to, my um, habit is wanting to fix it and wanting to be yeah. a good girl and to yeah, how can we too. make this better? And at that moment I had to realize I didn't give a fuck, you know, and I had to <laughs> honor that whatever you're going to say, however you're going to put me down or make me feel bad or guilt me, 
uh, I had to look really deeply in myself of like my desires, what I wanted. And I have to say, no, this is what I want. And that was mm. really lovely for myself um, because it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm hurting you. It was like, no, you had nothing to do with it. This is my desire mm. and my need and what I would like. And I showed up in the, you know, if it was a different scenario, yeah, for sure. If they were, you know, if there was boyfriend and girlfriend and they were together and I'm coming in, I'm like, mm. I don't care about You know, it's like, yeah. Maybe that's totally different. That's totally different. And if I am in mm. that situation and I'm like, I do want your man, then I still would have to have that conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's not mean, it doesn't mean that you cannot. It means that yeah. you, you will have to practice that radical honesty. So yeah. I feel that that radical, I had to give myself that radical honesty of like, no, uh, doesn't bother, doesn't bother me. And, mm. And that I cannot have everybody like me. And I think that yeah. that's something that I'm still working on, that not everybody's going to like me. And, no. <laughs> and, and it hurts. It hurts when, when somebody doesn't like you or they're triggered by you. It, mm -hmm. it definitely hurts for me anyway. Mm -hmm. um, wow, this is so awesome, Natrishka. I could just speak to you all day long, but I want to be <laughs> aware of your time. Maybe okay. I'll just ask you one or two more questions. Okay. Um, uh, let's just transition into your creativity because I've witnessed another part of you evolve that has just been so magnificent is your musicality and your voice and using your voice and playing music and how that's become part of your radical self-expression. Yes. It's so exciting. Yes. How would you describe your current relationship with that, with your creativity on that level? Um, I am not honoring that power that exists there and that that's where I'm sitting on my edge of creativity of like no you need mm. to continue on like today I said oh I'm building a garden bed like finishing the third garden bed and I have a beat someone sent me and I'm like I need to write to this beat because mm. I'm a rock star farmer that's who I want to be when I grow up <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the music space for quite uh, you know it's been a deep love and passion for myself and I have to go all in. And you've shared that with me. Like I've witnessed you going all in and I have to go all mm. in on my music and, and show up in that space. So that's exactly where I am. But one thing Beautiful. that I am sharing that I actually wanted to share with you and your community, and I was thinking maybe we can choose a date. Um, I was thinking um, October 30th before Halloween at 1 p.m. Nosara time. I could, I, so I have this, um, I teach orgasmic breath work, but I teach it in a way that I call it the orgasmic glee club. Because when I do work with clients, we also use like art and sound in our modalities for therapy. And I, you know, the, the, the sacral chakra and the throat chakra are, are, are the, the or, both orifices, even if you look at the vocal cords and the pelvic floor, they have a huge um, connection. And our mm -hmm. orgasm is connected to that space too and speaking our truth. Mm -hmm. So in the Orgasmic Glee Club, before we go into this breath work, we sing. We warm up. Awesome. We sing together. And I do mashups of familiar music with uh, mantra so I have Diana Ross and Om Tara Tutare. I have Shakira <laughs> and the seed sounds of the chakras. I have um, Tracy Chapman and the Onoponopono prayer. And Amazing. Um, I would love to offer like, you know, a, maybe a special, um, you know, 
rate for um, this crew, like Patrick's Cook's crew, yes. let's do a glee club and breathwork session. And I just love it. So if you're into that. That sounds incredible. I love it. That. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. that we can, and I think it's a, a powerful time before it would, because there's a full moon uh, on the 31st. Mm. And it's Halloween. People are going to be busy. So the day before, if, if that feels like a good day, it could be, or we can plan it for another time. That'd be awesome. great. But yes, my music space, how I want to show up in my creative space is just like how I showed up with Conscious Erotica. It's entertainment and education combined. And I feel that mm. that's why being a rock star farmer is like my ultimate goal in life because it's education and entertainment. And how do I show up? I've been rapping a lot. I've been writing rhymes, freestyling, um, mm. you know, you know, playing on the piano a little bit. I have the, the, your microphone and your amp here. And awesome. I practice capoeira and we sing and we play the play instruments. So it's something in my life that I want to highlight more. And I want that to be at the forefront. Like it's like, this is what I do. And I just so happen to um, have these classes, courses or experiences that we can do, but at the foreground. Oh, who's the show? She's a rock star farmer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So <laughs> do you feel called to share something right now? Is there anything present for you that you'd like to share? In music? Yeah, like a little freestyle or a song um, or anything. Um, okay, here we go. I'm going to do one of the mashups. So you can choose okay. um, Shakira, Tracy Chapman, or Diana Ross. Ooh, Diana Ross for sure. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Reach out and touch somebody's hand Make this world a better place If you can reach out and touch somebody's hand Make this world a better place If you can Om Om Tara to Tare Today so high. Om Tara to Tare. Today so high. Om Tara to Tare. Today so high. Om Tara to Tare. Today so high. Reach out and touch somebody's hand make this world a better place if you can <laughs> oh my god that was so awesome i love the mashup <laughs> so that's the mashup that we would sing in union and i just want to express why because okay reach out and touch someone's hand so on tara to tara green tara she, uh, what i was taught from a young age is that she walks you over from samsara to nirvana um hand in hand mm. not leaving one behind you know so mm. and it just kind of came from that space and it's kind of just like a loop of like you know when you sing soul music and then mantra yeah yeah so yes beautiful that was amazing thank you so much <laughs> thank you. okay i have one final question for you <laughs> okay. and then we'll wrap up if you were to take all of your experiences all of your knowledge and wisdom gained from uh, and distill them down into one message, one sentence, what would it be? Um, 
Taking the time to create a relationship with your breath. Mm. Taking a time to, um, yeah, that's simple as that. Taking the time to create mm. a relationship with your breath through all the experiences of your human existence. Just noticing what happens to the breath when I'm in this phase, when I'm in this phase, when I'm like this and like that. I feel that can be a great gateway um, to you, the present moment of feeling right here, right now. I know it mm. sounds so simple, but my mom would be like, take a breath, feel your breath. I'm like, wah, 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 whatever, mom. <laughs> 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 and and <laughs> And, you know, going through all the practices and schooling and experiencing, you know, as a restorative yoga teacher, even when I'm like, fuck, fuck that shit. It's like, what mm. is it? It is that breath that brings you back mm -hmm. to that present moment. And that present moment is the creator and then is that choice mm. of how Beautiful. you want to step forward. Natrishka, thank you so much for your time thank today. Thank you. Thank you for this having been me. Awesome. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online and uh, inquire about your programs and your offerings? Yes. So you can check me out on Instagram, Natrishka on Instagram or Natrishka Natrishka on Facebook. We also have pussychurch.ca. So this is a weekly devotion where we honor and praise the pussy. We reconnect Woo! with our pussy uh, through these amazing devotions. And we have a cycle of women that go through and we have amazing amazing community as well that wants to move from social media into our own community and support in different online ways, which I feel is beautiful. Uh, ConsciousErotica.BandCamp.com. You can listen and purchase the audiobook that Patrick recorded and supported uh, me um, through, and I'm really thankful for that experience. And, uh, yeah, reach out po how, when, whenever you post this, like if you want to be a part of the orgasmic glee club and you're into that, like, I really want to make that happen. And so, um, let's do it. Yes. We'll post links. I'll, I'll share all those links in the show notes so people can, uh, can know about the, the glee club. That sounds amazing. I'd love to do it. Yeah. Natrishka, yeah. you rock. Thank you <laughs> Thank so much you, for your honey. time today. <laughs> Have a love. fabulous day. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.